Welcome to Escape Routes with Condé Nast Traveller. Travel is all about storytelling, a story of a place, of its people, of a journey. And at Condé Nast Traveller, we've always celebrated the most transportative, evocative travel writing. With much of the world currently grounded, we've come together to take you to some of our favorite places, if only in your imagination, by listening to our most loved travel stories read aloud by the writers who penned them. We hope these short escape routes allow you to daydream of far-flung adventures, discover the world's curious corners, or recast familiar destinations in a fresh light, and that you love these travel stories as much as I do. My name is Melinda Stevens, and I will be reading my piece on Tulum, which featured in Condé Nast Traveller's April 2013 issue. I hope you enjoy it. This is a beach, a great beach by any standard. The sea is a turquoise rough and tumble, the sand thick as mashed potato. The sun rises just so in front of it, impossible to walk the length of it, a yellow brick road of infinite distance, like an actor appearing through a trap door. Dawn has arrived and the audience is ready and waiting and smiling. A sun salutation, a downward dog, a jogger or five, a man with a bongo, a girl with a guitar, there are guys with mangoes and papayas to sell, and ladies with warm pancakes and Nutella wrapped in tinfoil to keep them warm. A naked man cartwheels down the shoreline like a spider and leaps into the sea. A little girl, brown as sugar, with a glittering bindi on her forehead, stretches out her arms to her smiling mama. A hullabaloo as a man shimmies up a coconut tree and pulls on the branches until the coconuts fall plop, plop, plop in the sand. Everyone claps and hoots and the light glitters, and everything is bright and beautiful. I tell you what every man has in Tulum, a beard, and everyone wears harem pants, and the girls, practically without exception, have shaved heads on one side and plaits on the other that peter out into paintbrush tips. At Puro Corazon, where a lazy salsa plays, and the chairs are painted fire engine red, the Italian waitress brandishes a cut-off T-shirt, a suede miniskirt, and a machete, you hungry, she asks. You swim? Ah, that's why you're hungry, she says, and grins. In Tulum, you get everywhere by hitching or by hiring bikes with baskets and drop handlebars like Harleys. Everything is off one road. You're either on the beach side of the world or the other. That's it. Simple. And at this bar, where everything is decorated with pictures of cross-dressing wrestlers or hearts, let the waiter know if you would like your dish spicy, reads the menu, with a picture of a heart made out of chilies, where the freshly popped guava and passion fruit comes in carafes with straws and sweet frat shrimp lie on the plate like sleeping babies, everyone is doing another thing that keeps it simple here in Tulum, taking their time. Alba, the chocolate Labrador with lime green eyes, is taking her time. The kitchen, it turns out, is taking its time, and the little lizard, padding onto a bottle of mezcal with a broken neck, Thinking about leaping onto the daybed? Well, he's taking his time too. If you're checking into your hotel in Tulum, reception will probably consist of a hammock. If you're sitting at the bar, the bar stools will probably be swings. 
in Tulum town, 20 minutes away by bike, and full of travellers and electric bulbs and old men eating ice cream and cones. There's a bar called Abuelas where they serve great margaritas. Every time the waiter arrives with drinks or salsa dips, he makes the same joke. One hour later, he chuckles. That's funny, right? We go to the beach at Dakuma with a drive instructor who is bum fluff on his chin and no front teeth. He drives on a straight, empty road at 25 miles an hour. He's probably 18, an 18-year-old driving a car at 25 miles an hour. It's the way I like to drive, he says, whistling a little tune, real slow. The beach at Akumal is covered with swarms of snorkelers and swimmers and divers. Under the water, it's apparent why. The sea, a milky blue with an unheard wind rustling the seaweed forest, reveals instantly a turtle. A more pristine turtle I've never seen. Nature's mathematically shaped brilliance on its back. Perfect black clicks above its eyes like eyelashes. We flip her on and moments later encounter a shape of significant darkness. As we go nearer, teeth, sharp white teeth, going snap, snap, snap. It's a barracuda at least a meter long. Two minutes later, a manta ray wriggles in the sand, its sting laid out behind like piping. Three minutes after that, a squid with luminescent carandash eyeshadow. Then more turtles, baby turtles, parrotfish rainbow resplendent, munching audibly through the water with hard chompers on coral. We chase an eagle ray, its ball gown skirts of undulating power. We finish by bumping into another turtle, literally. And then a confusion. The last time I was in Tulum was 20 years ago. We stayed in a hut on a beach and drank beer because it was cheaper than Coca-Cola. But we had never heard of the Zanotis. Now the Zanotis are one of Tulum's greatest pulls. I understood them to be inland lakes, when in fact they turn out to be deep natural pits or sinkholes, resulting from the collapse of limestone bedrock that exposes the groundwater underneath. Basically, they require you to pothole, and I've always said I was up for anything but not potholing. The pitch black, the freezing water, and stalactites and stalagmites everywhere, so that at some point there is only enough room for our heads, and at another we're having to crawl over rocks on our bellies to climb into the next cave. There are bats everywhere, hanging from every surface, occasionally screeching and swooping low. Under the water, I cannot get my breathing under control. I turn on my torch. It's terrifying. And astonishing. It's like being in the belly of some giant alien, or like being in space when the world has ended, which, if you think about it, is very Mayan 2012. But Tulum, on the whole, is like this, really, like some post-apocalyptic wonderland, where all the huts sit hugger-mugger next to each other on the beach, seemingly built out of bits of banana leaf and rope, and the surviving people are these gorgeous hippies, endlessly stretching or beading or doing some hardcore capoeira or opening a juice shop. Augustin, an Argentinian living in the jungle, is a kind of hippie on a mission, a Mayan specialist who lectures at NYU. He takes us to look around villages. We bicycle along the fantastical sandy paths of jungle-coated Temple Coba, which covers at least 70 square kilometers. We zipline over crocodile-infested waters and linger in the cool, clay, clammy interior of Augustin's pottery shop, 
where he teaches minds to rekindle their skills and become self-supporting. Everywhere we go in Tulum, there are people with stories and histories, and often quite a lot of smiles and rather a lot of hugs. A papaya playa, a pop-up hotel that decided to stay popped up, and which occasionally turns into an outside nightclub, we see a shaman. He does a curious thing with an egg. We are amazed. At Camelos, a restaurant on the wrong side of town where you sit on plastic chairs in the car park, we are served the best lobster and butter I've ever had by a waiter with a hoxton fin in a hairnet. In La Troupe, an open-air shop where the clothes are hung from trees, we look at pretty dresses embroidered with bright pink hibiscus and red suede cowboy boots and billowy silk dresses the colour of clouds and rugs with quotes from Walt Whitman written in cross-stitch. Hey, lady, the vendors say in town along the main drag, come buy something you don't need. And we do. Maracas and painted cats, worry dolls and high-kitch skulls. Everyone says... The best place to stay in town is Cocky Cocky, and it probably is. They won't bring you the fan you asked for, and they'll forget to tell you they've run out of ice. You might have to change rooms, but yes, it's still the best place to stay in Tulum, because even in this town of unrelenting prettiness, Cocky Cocky is stupidly pretty, with swathes of polished concrete, sandy-floored restaurants with daybeds, and everything open to a billowy, white muslin sea breeze. But what is in no dispute at all is the glory that is Hartwood, a restaurant owned and run by a couple from New York who fell in love with a tree. Built an open-air, rustic Mexican, Caribbean jungle restaurant around it and cooked the kind of food that makes you think other food you've been eating up to now is pretend food. Do not miss, whatever happens, the pork ribs braised all night, the eggplant with Mayan honey and roasted beets with avocado cream. Hartwood is open only from Wednesdays to Sundays because what we do here is so intense, laughs the chef, Eric Werner. We do three or four sittings a night. If a wahoo gets brought in in the middle of service, we'll cook it right up then and there. The queue to eat here, absurd in Tulum, snakes down the road. There is often a crush at the door. On our last night, we eat at the lovely Posada Margarita, an Italian restaurant of wondrous expense, and where you have to pay cash. In the shop here, amongst the stripy espadrilles and the yoga outfits, is a beautiful necklace. It's made up of a little glass vial with some kind of griffin on it, and inside the vial itself some unknown neo-pink powder. It seems to sum up Tulum and the trip, but I don't have the cash to pay for it. Don't worry, I say to the shop girl, there's a cash point in town. I'll collect money from there and bring it to you for the necklace on the way to the airport tomorrow. The next day, rushing with our bags, already running late, we get to the cash point and it's broken. I rush to the shop to say that it's not going to work out. But could I take down the details and try and order it from home? Where are you from? The girl asks. London, I answer. She shrugs and wraps the necklace up in tissue paper and says, You take it. I trust you. And then she seals it closed with a sticker that simply reads, I heart Tulum.
This podcast has been brought to you by the Turquoise Holiday Company, leading tour operator and winner of our Reader's Choice Award 2020. Turquoise is passionate about creating the most imaginative itineraries around. Its travel specialists know destinations inside out. So whether it's a sensational honeymoon or a please everyone multi-generational family get-together, Turquoise will craft your own unforgettable travel story. For more details, visit www.turquoiseholidays.co.uk or call them on 01494 678 We hope you enjoyed our Escape Routes podcast. Please remember to like and subscribe to help boost us in the charts and ensure you are the first to hear about new episodes.